welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. Hello there, and welcome to another episode in the series Vision Scope. We have a very interesting guest lined up, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy all that she has to say, and you will learn quite a bit from it. Her name is Yudali Wickham from Barbados. Yudali, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Wilbert, and thank you again for inviting me to share with you and your listeners. It's a pleasure. Okay. Who is Yudali? Let's let's start there. Tell us a little bit about Yudali, the person. Who is Yudali? Wow. You have all day and tomorrow? <laughs> sum it up. Sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wilbert, I was born in Barbados to parents who were visionary I would say because as a young girl at secondary school my eye condition retinitis pigmentosa manifested itself and they never treated me any different from my other siblings we were a family of 10 two girls eight boys so I had to do chores the same way. I had to go to school and learn because my father was big about education as a way out of poverty. And because of my parents, because of teachers at my primary and secondary school, seeing the potential in me, I believe I have developed into a beautiful woman, caring, compassionate, and love humankind. So, in essence, all of this. Um, did you go to a regular school or you attended a school for the blind? No, I went to regular school. So, primary school, regular. Went over to secondary school, regular secondary school as well. And as I said, while at secondary school, I recognized that when I came from the outside, from the sunlight, into the classroom, it took me a few seconds for my eyes to adjust. And I didn't think too much of it. But then at night, I realized that if I went outside and there was no lighting, I was blind as a bat, you couldn't see. as you would say. Yeah. I could not see anything. So my parents took me off to an optician, not an ophthalmologist, an optician. Mm -hmm. And he recognized my eye condition and gave my parents some advice in terms of my dietary plan, as well as my emotional plan, indicating that I needed to stay away from stress. I needed to stay away from certain types of foods. And I think that along with my faith in God has helped my eyesight to remain up to this point because at age 17 
the ophthalmologist said to me, well, within 10 years, you will be totally blind. Wow. And that, that I have defied that. So tell me, what it didn't limit you at all while you were in school, while you were in high school? It didn't limit you? No, it didn't limit me unless I was out nighttime. Mm but at school I was involved with athletics, I played netball, I played lawn tennis. I was very active physically doing quite a number of things. I enjoyed school, I loved literature, I loved the arts. So I was really keenly aware and very active. What was life like after high school? That was difficult. What did you do? How did you cope? After school, it was more of a challenge because you're out of school, you're searching for work, and I was very careful to search for work where I would not have to work shift or work where I would have to be, you know, leaving just around dusk time, which would have proven difficult for me to navigate my way to the bus terminal and then to head on home. So many people may not be aware of it, but when I first started to work, before I started a full-time employment, I did sales work. I sold Avon products and I absolutely disliked it. I didn't like it. I didn't see myself as a salesperson, but it allowed me though to earn some income. So I did that for a short period and then I got into a department store, a, a holdings company, to stuff envelopes. And I was only to go there each month end to stuff these envelopes. But it ended up that I stayed on and worked as a salesperson. As customers came in to check their accounts, I would deal with that, I would deal with calls people looking to take out higher purchase arrangements and so on. So I worked with that. And then there were, there were periods when I was unemployed and then there were periods when I worked. But currently I'm working as a social worker with the government of Barbados. Okay, so you, you started off in sales and then you progressed. What Did you have to do any training to become a social worker? Yes, I had to pursue a degree, a bachelor's of science degree in social work. So I did that at the University of the West Indies, Cape Hill campus. See, that's what happens when people are so modest. They don't want to tell us what they do. <laughs> eh? Okay, so what is it like at the University of the West Indies? Let's, let's get into the meat of that now. Because that's My a first... new ball game. Yes, my first year was good. I had lots of great support from a tutor called Margaret Brito. She was excellent in getting some of her students who were pursuing uh, degrees in English to read for me because at that time there was only the first edition of the Kurtzwiller machine because Senator Kerry Ann Eiffel had preceded me 
um, a few years before. So only that machine was available to me as a visually impaired student. And those students read for me each semester, but some of my challenges came with some of, not many, but a few lecturers who were a bit uncertain as to how to lecture to me, how to work with me as a visually impaired student. But overall, I rallied and I graduated with honors. So I feel very proud about that. And I feel even prouder of the fact that while I was there, I advocated for changes to facilitate not only the blind and visually impaired students, but at that time, I had also made friends with quite a number of students who had who have dyslexia. So they were also experiencing lots of challenges. So my advocacy led to the eventual establishment of the Kerry and Eiffel unit within the library at Cave Hill campus. They purchased the software as well as several devices, laptops, monitors. So it allows not only blind and visually impaired students with dyslexia, but also students with other challenges to utilize this facility to get ahead with their work. So on graduation, you, you went into the world of work and you started working as a social worker. What was it like initially working as a social worker? Well, to be honest, it was difficult primarily because of my own misgivings. I, the confidence was not there initially because my thoughts were like, how will I cope? How will I really manage working with these families? Because I work in a poverty reduction program, which is a very intense, holistic and sustained program. And it's very similar to your Pathways program in Jamaica. Path program. Yes. Mm -hmm. So as I settled down and as my colleagues encouraged me and really helped my confidence to build, I am doing well. Um, because I have a supervisor that would constantly say to me, Yudli, your social work is excellent. You really know how to reach people. And I would generally say, once you love people, you're looking to pull the best out of them and not only pull the best out of them, but give them the best as well. What are some of the limitations you face in your work? What are some of the major limitations? I would say the major limitation would be access to material, print material. But I solved that by learning how to use some of the available software like SuperSense that will, you, you scan it onto your phone and Quixel is able to convert it and read it back to me. Mm. Also, um, apart from that would be transportation because obviously I will not be able to drive a vehicle. So I have to arrange my own transport. And sometimes that can prove a bit difficult because the retired gentleman I had working with me, he has passed away. So, you know, I had to 
find someone who was available and willing. So I would say those were the major challenges. I have a very supportive team working with me. They would always encourage me to come to me for discussion. We talk a lot of social work. So yeah, very supportive team. You, how did, how did the clients accept you in the beginning? Was there some re reluctance, this, this blind lady coming to, to work with me? What can she contribute? Did you get that kind of response? No, I think several of them may have had that thought at the back of their minds, but they never voiced it to me. And as I started to work with them and connect them with many of these services they required and always give an encouraging word and, you know, guidance on particular issues, I think they said, well, hmm, you know, they put that vision impairment behind them and we get along very well, most of my clients, you know, so no major issue. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with the personality. I mm -hmm. think being genuine with people allows people to be genuine with you and become comfortable that they learn to trust you. Okay. This program is going to be heard widely around the world. Um, and many of them would not know the intricacies of your program. What is work for the disabled like in Barbados? Give us some idea of the nature and scope of the work for the disabled in Barbados. I would say employment here in Barbados is still a challenge for persons with disabilities. We do have a few sheltered workshop settings for the blind and for intellectually challenged individuals. Outside of that, other individuals with disabilities will seek employment in the open job market. And again, that is pretty challenging, but I am involved with a cross disability group called Barnard, the Barbados National Organization of the Disabled. And we have been running a world of work program for the last six years where we provide one week of training and then we negotiate with employers, both public and private sectors to provide internships for our participants. How and that has worked well. That has worked with that. Yes, it has reaped some success. Mm -hmm. Persons have been called back to work when people go on holiday or sick leave. Thus far, we have not had direct full-time employment, but it is helping to break down the barriers. And this year, we are looking that we will do a virtual training program. And we are looking at how we can still negotiate for, if not internships, some full-time employment, as well as self-employment. That leads me to ask, um about Barbados and COVID. How has that affected your, your work? It has changed the dynamics of how we provide services in some 
cases where we are, you know, making sure that we keep our physical distance, we wear the mask and shield. So that allows us to protect ourselves to some degree. And we also ensure that our clients do a similar thing. So we have been examining the possibility of using the internet so that we can do Zoom calls, we can talk on WhatsApp, we can talk on the tablets to communicate with our clients and do still continue to do our work with them. So we are still um, discussing, you know, our methodology, but as the dynamics of COVID changes, we also have to make the necessary adjustments. What would you like to see? What changes would you like to see in Barbados to advance work for the, among people with disabilities? Are there any changes you would like to see? Of course. I think we need to have more commitment from the employers and from the government in providing resources to support the efforts of individuals with disabilities who want to work. We do have some of the larger companies that are international, internationally connected like PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, and a couple others who have reached out to persons with disabilities. They have people working there and other agencies. So they put the necessary accommodations in place to facilitate the full-time employment of persons with disabilities. So these type of arrangements we really need to see happening more within our private and public sectors. The legislation needs to be very supportive as well. So, you know, and of course, persons with disabilities have a major responsibilities to themselves to equip themselves as well. So we cannot be calling for jobs, work, and then we do not have the necessary qualifications, whether it's academic or vocational. Are the opportunities there for them to improve themselves and they're not taking hold of it or you think it it needs to be put in place? The opportunities are there for citizens to really grab education. Where the challenge comes again is the support. Transportation, accessible transport and affordable transport as well as some of the materials you may need because everyone will not be able to purchase a laptop or a smartphone or tablet, but you know, some arrangements can be put in place to help individuals have the necessary support tools and assistance that they can really function and cope with adult learning especially. And yes, what I would also add here is that the various disability groups in Barbados have done 
a very good job as well of giving support to individuals with disabilities to pursue further education. And I am really pleased that many individuals are pursuing associate degrees as well as full degrees and masters, as well as other vocational technical qualifications. So this is good for us because it means that we can really continue a strong lobbying effort for full-time, part-time employment of people with disabilities. Are you a family person? Yes, a small family. I have one daughter and six grandchildren. Oh. I lost my husband just over a year ago. Sorry to hear that. And yes. It, it must be a trying time for you to have to go through that. Yes, losing a loved one is very challenging. Not easy. Yes, very, very challenging because you miss the companionship, you miss the chatter, the going out together, you know, you really miss the individual. Do you, do you love to cook? I cook. I wouldn't say I love it, but I cook. I cook, I bake, I do general household chores. Okay. And, uh, yes. You have specialized gadgets or you just use the regular household? Regular, yeah, regular household appliances. I don't have any specialized gadgets. Okay. What, what kind of foods do you love to eat? Mm, I don't know what the Jamaicans call it, but here in Barbados, we say ground food. So that's like yam, sweet potato. Ground provisions. Okay, right. Ground provisions. That's what I like. Um, rice, but I don't eat rice every day. And generally, just that type of food. I don't like. I don't eat pasta. Okay. So once I have my ground food, um, rice, and I eat either fish or chicken, no other meats. If you were exiled and you were only allowed to take one piece of music with you, what piece of music would that be? No, Wilfred, that's a tough question because I love music. I enjoy all genres, reggae, um, pop, religious, you know, classical, all types. Um, hmm. That's a really hard choice. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> yes, it is. I probably would take a, um, the Hallelujah Chorus played by a steel pan orchestra. Okay. Yes, I, I love this steel pan. I started learning steel pan, learning to play the steel pan, and I must get back to it. I love that instrument. You sound like a fun-loving person. What, yes. What kind of fun do you get involved in? I like hiking. So I do lots of hiking. Funny enough, um, my colleagues, we had a, a retreat. Mm. And we went to this beach house where we did uh, hiking uh, exercise and 
kayaking. The instructor who was working with us with the kayaking, I could see that he was very uncomfortable mm. about taking me out to kayak, you know? But the rest rallied around me and said, yes, man, she must go out, she must go. So we did go out on the kayak and that was good fun. And then later in the evening, then when we were doing the hike, again, I could see his misgivings. And the rest said, well, if she's not going, we're not going. So they rallied around me and we did this. It really was a bit treacherous. Uh, There was a stage on the hike where we had to hold um, rope at the side of the hill we were climbing in order to get up. And people after came and said, Yudli, I really admire you. You show determination and you show us what life is really all about. Because many of them, when they reach a particular point, they said, no, I can't go any further. This is too much. This is too dangerous. But I went the full length of the hike. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Why was he reluctant I, in the first place? Was it because you were the only blind person? Yes. Okay. Yes. But I had good fun. And, you know, so I do, I like that. I like walking. I like dining out. So out to lunch, out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And of course, as I told you, the art. So anything theatrical, um, you got me. Music, you got me. Do you love to read? Oh, without saying, I read from as far as I can remember. I always love reading, so I read. What's your favorite book? Or author? Uh, Which one? Author, author. Hmm. I would say James Patterson. Okay. <laughs> yes. Why? I just like his style of writing. Very captivating. I like how he uses language he really paints a good picture so you can you know you can have that imagery in your head I like it I love reading I read all types of material so I keep up to date with my social work I read that every and anything around disability I'll read Um, as I said I like literature so some of the books I would have read at secondary school I've gone back and read those again Green Days by the River, um, you know, the Otterbury book. So I, I love reading. And history, of course. Can't leave that out. You, you, you're a historian. Yes. So actually, I was there only today. I was thinking, how can we really do some more documenting of our forerunners, our pioneers in the disability movement. We have not really done justice to them in documenting their stories, their efforts, because they would have really worked diligently. They would have paid a big price in creating avenues for us. And I have to say, I appreciate them. I salute them. Persons like Derek Palmer, Persons like Mary Mitchell Coombs and Lucina Ski out of Barbados, Hadley Bosley out of Barbados, you know, Elveston Maloney. These are some of the older forerunners 
in the movement who would have contributed. Some have passed on. I remember Irvin Wilson very well. Yes, Irvin Wilson. I worked you know? with him for quite some time back in the past. Correct, yes. And not just persons with disabilities, but the teachers, the physiotherapists, a whole set range of people who would have come alongside us and contributed to the development. Lots of the backstage, I call them backstage people. Yes, yes, yes. Worked throughout the Caribbean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, how do you see the future for work for the blind in Barbados? I think there's great possibilities. I am an optimistic type of individual, always have been. So I look at the glass as being half full rather than half empty. So I think once we continue to organize ourselves and have that vision of what we want to achieve, we can see more persons with disabilities, more people who are blind and visually impaired being involved in the labor market. Mm. And I think there are also many opportunities for us to also establish our own businesses. And that's an avenue that I would want some of our individuals to pursue. It's a challenging area to go into because it calls for quite a lot of determination and the right attitude to stick with setting up your own business and just building it, building it year after year. I always like to ask my guests at the end of the program to leave a parting statement that will motivate the audience what would your statement be? Value yourself and value those around you. Sometimes we do not value ourselves. We do not appreciate the brilliance that we have within, you know? And I think that if we just have a small bit of value for ourselves, it will grow and blossom until we are really shining brightly, illuminating our space, the various spaces that we go into. And of course, valuing others by building genuine and meaningful relationships with them. Yudali, I want to thank you very much for granting me this interview. It was certainly a stimulating one. And um, I really appreciate your input today. Thank you very much. Well, Wilbur, I want to say thank you very much. I want to wish you good health and God's blessings as we go through this period of COVID-19. Just be safe to you and all your listeners. Thank you. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to nor will to at gmail.com that is n-o-r-w-i-l-l number two at gmail.com thanks for listening have a happy and productive week that's it for today join me next time when we will present another in the series vision scope Music was provided by 
Rennie Williams Jr.